Welcome to Grow Opportunity, the podcast, featuring conversations with Canadian cannabis industry experts. This podcast addresses numerous facets of the commercial cannabis marketplace, from plant health and cultivation to testing, extraction, and distribution. Visit growopportunity.ca to subscribe to our print and digital media platform. Hello and welcome to Grow Opportunity, the podcast. I'm your host, Haley Nagasaki, editor of Grow Opportunity magazine. And today we are joined by Katie Pringle, CEO and co-founder of Marigold PR, based right here in Toronto. So hello, good morning, Katie. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks, Haley. Nice to chat with you again. Yeah, you as well. Um, the topic of conversation this morning is bud tenders, which I know you know tons about. Uh, bud tenders are most often the first point of contact for consumers. They're knowledge base in addition to what Health Canada does and does not permit them to share with customers affords them a really important, albeit complex, status in the industry. So we're here this morning to shed some light on the value of butt tenders and to further unpack their role in the Canadian cannabis industry. We're also going to be speaking about Tether, which I'm eager to hear more about, which is presented by Marigold. And that is a community that activates butt tenders, cannabis retailers, and brands. All right. So Katie, can you please begin by telling us a bit about Tether and as well as your annual butt tender survey? We launched Tether uh, in August uh, 2021, so just uh, just over a year ago, and our goal was really to help uh, bridge that gap between brands and bud tenders. Uh, there's a few other initiatives that exist in the industry, and we know a lot of uh, brands are working with some great sales agencies who have boots on the ground in retail, but this is another opportunity for bud tenders to connect with each other and to learn more about brands and product offering in the space. We launched Tether with the survey last year, and now we're into our second annual survey. And the goal of the survey is to really understand what bud tenders are looking for, what they want from the industry, their careers, from brands, from retailers, and really dig into who they are, because we know they're just so important um, to the industry, and we want to act as a bit of an advocate for them helping to uh, bring their voices forward. That's fantastic. Um, it's that's information is is so essential for this industry, for the producers, for the consumers, for the butt tenders, for everyone. Um, butt tenders are they're sort of the glue in this industry and in a lot of ways, which I think is really fascinating. And I'm curious, how are butt tenders joining Tether? Are they reaching out to you? Are you doing like an outreach program? Like how's that happening? It's a mix of both. We are very active across our social and we have uh, an e-newsletter that promotes all the events that we do and collaborations that we have coming up. But we have a lot of bud tenders in the community who have just straight up put up their hand, who have wanted to talk to us, to ask about how they can contribute to Tether or the community at large. I just had an amazing discussion with a bud tender from Niagara yesterday. We also involve the bud tenders in our planning. So for example, we have an annual event uh, called Bud Tender Appreciation Week, B Week. And so this year, that's March 20th to 24th. And we actually have an advisory committee for that event because we want to make sure that we are really providing something that's of value to the bud tenders and of deep interest. That's super interesting. And I, I remember you speaking about Bud Tender Appreciation Week. Um, Katie was one of our speakers at Grower Day back in June, so I, uh, you gave us some of the highlights from uh, the March 22 B-Week, and I'm just curious about some of the findings of that survey. 
Yeah. So last year we were still sort of kind of COVID, kind of not, um, you know, we'll see where we land this spring, but we really approached uh, Bud Tender Appreciation Week from a virtual perspective uh, to keep it easy and also to, to serve the brands that were participating. They were really interested in a national campaign and a way to engage with uh, Bud Tenders across the country. Depending on the brand, sometimes brands have a very specific provincial focus because that's where their products are. Sometimes they're across the country. And so we got to do some really cool things. One of the pieces that the Bud Tenders just loved was uh, we did a virtual tour with Bazam where they took us through their grow rooms and they the master growers got really um, comfortable and chatty with the Bud Tenders who were able to ask them all sorts of honestly, very sophisticated and interesting questions. Um, like this is a group of very passionate people who are showing up for these events and joining these communities. They really know their stuff and they're really interested in learning more. And the reason we knew that virtual event was going to be a success is because they told us in the survey, that's what they were looking for. I have to be honest, Haley, I didn't believe that um, bud tenders would wanna show up outside of their working hours for online events. But I was wrong. They told us that's what they wanted. We created the events and and we had over 200 registrations for, for each of the events we had throughout the week. That is fabulous. And that says so much about the passion and uh, like you were saying, boots on the ground and the value that they're affording the industry because they're so committed. Uh, they're so interested in it. And um, so I really wanted to talk a little bit more about that uh, in terms of like what what is the true what like what is the value that the bud tenders are bringing as industry advocates you know they're posting on social uh they're influencers they're at events they're talking about trending products like what is uh can you speak a little bit more to that the value of uh, that they're bringing to the space oh for sure i mean uh, one of the stats that we got out of the survey is that 70 percent of the tether community is interested in a career in cannabis and so I personally believe that this is really the next talent pool for LPs and brands to tap um, if you're looking for brand representatives or sales support, because they really do have more uh, consumer facing experience and understanding than than most of the industry, <laughs> I would say. And what's interesting is they're very comfortable. I think a lot of us may have noticed when you start working in cannabis, you know, regardless of what you're doing, you sort of become the expert in the group of people in your life. Uh, and so, you know, once you're in the space, you kind of become the person um, that people go to with questions. And bartenders kind of, a lot of them take that to the next level. They're really proud of their knowledge. They're willing to share it. They're willing to post about it in a way um, that is really helping to reduce stigma around the industry. And a lot of them are interested in growing their personal brands. We actually did a career in cannabis focused uh, tether event a couple months ago, the Career Foundation. And it was awesome because they are really committed uh, to growing within the industry. They are committed to some of them developing their own personal brand that would lead to career opportunities and the work and passion that they're putting um, on a personal level into our industry, um, we should all be very grateful for, especially as we're breaking down conversation barriers and some of the stigma. I definitely agree with you there. And um, it's interesting to see also how the the industry is recognizing this. They're recognizing how vital um, the butthunters are, but also just, you know, the fact that they're happy and that they're being being seen and being heard. And so I, I'm seeing now 
There's uh, more bud tender days at events. There's free admission. You know, um, Lyft just released a press release saying that there would be a designated lounge specifically for bud tenders. We see, we're seeing that at Kind and at Grow Up. So I, I'm just loving the way that the industry is going and, and, and recognizing these these um, essential people. I'm curious too, like, I know that you did some sur- surveys. So what are some of the issues maybe that bud tenders are speaking out against? There's a few different areas. I would say one of the biggest issues and um, the most feedback we got is tons of bud tenders are feeling like without sampling, they can't actually do their job. And you can completely understand why that's a challenge. And so we were getting sentiments from some of the bud tenders, like if I haven't tried it, I can't recommend it. And sampling is top of their list. Like it's number one, two, and three (laughs) in terms of the things that they're looking for um, from brands. We understand all of the hurdles that come around sampling and also the costs, but we, we need to resolve this issue so that the bud tenders can try the products and then they can talk about it in a way that's personal to them and they can make recommendations based on what's worked for them, which is actually how they sort of need to speak compliantly about the products and recommendations. So personal sampling, uh, really top of the list. Just to clarify, in, in the retail environment, bud tenders are, is this true that they're permitted to, you know, they have discounts they can purchase products, but there's not a lot of free sampling. And is that from a regulatory perspective? It's a mix of both. um, Because even if a brand would like to do sampling, for example, in Ontario, they have to go buy their own product from the OCS and then distribute it. So it's an expensive avenue uh, versus other industries that, you know, if you're in beverage alcohol and you're selling wine into a restaurant, they almost always leave a couple of bottles behind for the staff or for the kitchen because they want you to try the product so that you can recommend it to the people coming through. So sampling is just, you know, right now um, a difficult avenue. We have some retailers who are um, spending some of their own profits and their own revenue in order to purchase samples so that their team can try products and can recommend certain products. But even then that's sort of wild uh, and not really what you see in any other industry in terms of the approach. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, I I like that uh, that analogy to the you know just hospitality and food and beverage because whether you're a bartender or your server, you're going in the kitchen, you're trying you know the features for that evening in order to sell them appropriately. So it, it's I know that there's it's uh, it gets a little bit complicated because food and of course cannabis and alcohol are not the same. But that's a very good point and uh, something that I hope you know gets gets worked on so that people can bring that knowledge forward. And I guess that's another issue as well is. The inability to really, they can recommend based off of like a scientific fact, but not um, addressing like wellness issues. Is that something else that they've discussed as one of the issues in the industry? They've also talked about challenges just selling the variety of products. Like um, the same person is um, selling you face cream infused um, topicals and also, um, you know, extracts the knowledge base required to be able to address all of those categories is almost impossible. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of talk about in the future, uh, starting to see more differentiated stores that have very specific products. So perhaps a retailer that's really focused on wellness products and maybe skews a little bit more towards women or women's health. We're not there yet. Some stores even carry suppositories, which you know, I, I'm not sure in any way that's that's a rec product, right? Like people are using these types of things to feel better. 
So it is challenging for them, but it's also challenging that they need to represent all of these different categories sort of within within one foul swoop. It's a little bit difficult. Yeah, that makes sense, especially like, you know, you're like you mentioned, like a like a like a pretty medical product in a recreational environment that not everyone can speak to. Perhaps, you know, a woman who has menstrual cramps can speak to a suppository, but maybe like a you know, an, an, an 18 year old male or 19 year old male maybe can't the same way. So it, I definitely hear what you're saying there. Um, and I guess that, that brings up the issue of when it comes to retention and, and are these, are these bartenders staying in these positions long-term to, to learn all the SKUs and learn all the ins and outs, or is there, do you think there's a high turnover? I guess that would also be in relation to wage. Um, was there any comments on that in the survey? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of that, um, this year, we're actually, we're working with um, 420 uh, out of Alberta, the retailer, they're a partner on our survey this year, which has been great. And it's going to help us get a little bit deeper into some of these uh, different types of questions. But we do know even from a tether perspective, when we're building lists and if we're doing a send out with a brand, for example, or a swag drop, we're always going back to revet our list because what we are seeing is that people are moving around. Hopefully I'll have some numbers that I can give coming out of this survey, but we are seeing bartenders move around both within the industry, within, you know, some of the more saturated environments where there's ample opportunities and different retailers to work at. And we've also seen some of them kind of come in and out, which is unfortunate too, because of the learning curve and all of the work they would have put in through their can sell and really trying to uh, starting to understand the products. You know, there's been multiple reasons for that. Um, wages really are all over the place, Haley. Like we are seeing minimum wage all the way up to people who are getting $25 an hour. That was sort of the top end of what we were seeing for a bud tender. Some roles had benefits even, um, most didn't. And so I think it's also about the offer from the retailer. Like if you're in a saturated market, you need to think about ways to keep your staff engaged so that they're not moving on to, you know, 50 cents more an hour or so that they aren't moving on to perhaps a retailer that does have a, a sampling program and does give back um, to their team. So just something to consider the power that retailers do have to make it an amazing environment so that you aren't losing great staff. I love that. I love that. And how are some of the ways that um, like the bud tenders are saying, I know you mentioned that like product sampling and and benefits and, you know, 25 an hour, that sounds fantastic. Um, are there any other ways that you think that retailers can keep their staff engaged? Like, are we going back to the events? Is it more like promotional things and meeting the producers and the brands? Like, can you speak to that? Yeah, well, when we asked bud tenders what they want, um, and we gave them a big list of things to choose from, I know this sounds obvious, but anything really connected to the plant is, um, that increased um, how valuable that event was. So um, bud tenders want cultivation tours. They want to learn from the master growers. You know, they want to even potentially be a part of harvesting events and things of that nature. So even um, if you're a retailer and you find out about these events, making them known to your team, I think is, is really relevant and encouraging them to be a part of the space, uh, encouraging them to attend the events, especially where they're offering free tickets uh, and enabling them to deepen their expertise. Another small thing that retailers can do is, you know, support Bud Tender Appreciation Week. And during that week, 
you know, we're really recommending that retailers really essentially just do something nice for their staff, like buy them a lunch to say thank you, um, you know, put together a little gift bag with some of your favorite samples for your team or what have you. But um, I just think people in general want to be recognized for the work they do and the knowledge they have. And and we can't forget how valuable these bud tenders are because there's no way that uh, someone walking into a new bud tending job has the same knowledge set as someone that's even been there three or six months. So they're really worth protecting. They are. And I love that. I love that there's this desire to, to be hands-on with the plan and do these tours and have events. Like when you said harvest, I was, I was envisioning trimming, you know, like maybe there's like, there's some sort of program that can be made with, uh, with licensed producers and retailers or with bud tenders where they can, you know, kind of move fluidly throughout the industry and experience. I think that that would really benefit everyone. And I think, uh, I just, I think there's just so much more that we can do and there's so much work to be done. And uh, I just, I love this conversation and I appreciate all the insight that you're bringing. I'm also curious about the consumption habits of bud tenders and maybe some of their preferred products or um, yeah, just methods of consumption. The bud tenders were that are part of our community and who are, t- uh, took our survey are traditionalists. <laughs> they love flour, they love um, a joint and they love the bong. Um, and so that does present a little bit of a challenge if you're in any sort of, you know, the newer um, opportunities or things like topicals, like there really is not only an education gap, but also kind of a personal knowledge and personal consumption kind of gap. Vapes are definitely on the rise. I think it'll be interesting to see between last year and this year, um, sort of bud tenders perspectives, because we had so much more um, come out in the market over the last year. But yeah, they're traditionalists. And and so that's just something to consider when, when you're doing your marketing and um, when you're doing your research. Uh, but they they still really do like hearing from LPs. This is something that was highlighted in, in the study. It was, they're still interested in brand reps. They still like to be recognized by brands and they still want swag. That's what they were telling us. I know that there are a lot of people who have a different perspective on that, but that's not what we're being told, that they are still very interested in swag, talking to brand reps and having those in-store engagements. So for the brands that are investing in that right now, it's still very relevant and it's still really important. I did use the word investing because it is quite expensive to be out on the ground doing retail tours and dropping off great swag and samples, but it's, it's definitely something that needs to be part of your marketing mix. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. It's worth it. Um, I'm curious too about the demographic uh, of the survey. In terms of um, kind of a gender split, um, I think a lot of people have this notion that it's all 20-year-old guys working in the stores, and, and that's that's just not what we're seeing. I believe that it was actually uh, more women who answered the survey last year, uh, slightly more, so we'll have a look at that this year. And then um, in terms of the age range, most bud tenders were under the age of 45, but but a substantial amount were over 25. So I think that the bud tender community is much more diverse than someone may assume. Yeah, I mean, over 25, that's that's fantastic. That means you have mature people that are looking towards their careers and, and wanting to be in the space and um, using this maybe as an entry, entry point. And I think that that's really, really fascinating. Thank you so much for all this information. And I'm curious too about um, the future. Um, so I guess you have Tether 2023 or, or sorry, Bud Tender Appreciation. 
week? Like, how are people reaching out to you? Where can they um, find you? And, and, and how can they get involved? Give us a follow on social. So at TetherBuds is our um, social accounts. And then our website, TetherBuds.com, has all of the information around the ways that we can collaborate and partner with brands, retailers, and bud tenders. Um, we're building out our advisory committee right now. So we're um, looking for um, interesting folks that want to be a part of that, namely those, you know, a big part of the retail space, bud tender, retailer owners, those kinds of things. Um, and we're just really excited. I mean, once the once the survey's complete, we'll start um, putting out some of that information, some of the key highlights. Um, and hopefully the industry is really interested and 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 takes it to heart because like we've been saying, the bud tenders are are so important. They're the frontline access. They're who the community is dealing with whenever they make a purchase in person. And uh, we really want to make sure that we're moving forward and and supporting uh, creating a work environment and a future for bud tenders in Canada that is really successful. Awesome. Thanks, Katie. I know that we are definitely going to keep an eye on that. So I will be following along and uh, maybe we can touch base again next year and discuss more results and, and just keep Great. this conversation happening. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thank you for tuning in today. If you haven't already, check out our latest issue on growopportunity.ca, where you might also subscribe to our weekly e-newsletter. Be sure to give us a follow on social. And again, I'm your host, Haley Nagasaki. We'll see you next time.